Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Hi, Jim. Hi, David. So, um, we got a lot going on right now. Uh, you're yes. falling asleep at the wheel, apparently, and uh, <laughs> I've been editing video for 48 hours straight. Um, so here I am. I'm sitting here waiting for the podcast. I got all yeah. my materials here. So I'm going I to do it. a Windows computer in the background. I always have a Windows computer somewhere. It, you can't escape it, Jim. It's inescapable. Um, so, for those of you who are tuning in, you know what this is. Are you a regular listener? Why not? Subscribe to The Practical Guitarist using your chosen podcast app. Take the time to put in a review with the service where you found our podcast, like iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Get involved. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash practical guitarist. You, you can also find us on Twitter as at Pract Guitarist. If you're interested in supporting the show, we've launched a threadless store at Practical Guitarist Podlist. Uh, practicalguitaristpodcast.threadless.com If you'd like to donate money to the show, there's always Patreon. Our Patreon is available at patreon.com slash practicalguitarist. We need money. <coughs> if you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can do so at questions at practicalguitarist.com Also, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, I can't give the URL here because it's a long mishmash of bullshit. If you'd like yeah, to find to us on YouTube... Yeah, we need a thousand subscribers. Go out there and subscribe to the show. Uh, you can find us uh, as as Practical Guitarist Podcast, I believe. Um, yes. But if you search for Fuzz Facts, you'll find my videos. I know that for yes. certain. So, so um, I'd like to thank our biggest Patreon uh, supporter right now, Jason Fuzzmonger. All right. Our lone Patreon supporter. You weren't supposed to say that. All right, so. I have plenty of support, just not coming in through Patreon. Uh, if you can't I gotta be an athlete, our, I gotta be shame an our listeners. Supporter. Come on, I gotta shame our supporters. Our, our uh, non-supporters. Thank you, Jason. Oh, okay. We appreciate you very much. We do. And we we appreciate everybody, no matter what. So here's, here's uh, um, some news. So I drove all night last night, and uh, I'm running on about two and a half hours of sleep. Yep. Um, so I'm I'm kind of illogical right now, but we're going to shoot anyway. So we're let's go over some of the stuff we were just talking about. So I've got my I got my um, blue guitar amp one home. Everybody um, who's been following the group, yep. So I plug it in, and I'm playing it. I'm like, ah, oh, this is awesome. I'm doing some, you know, demo stuff, and I'm like, eh, I don't like that video, I don't like that, I don't like that. And I'm not like David, I'm not taking videos of myself, I'm pretty just, pretty much just gonna have stills, because um, I suck. And um, so, um, I, I go to, uh, <laughs> I go to take a break, because I watch Family Feud about the same time every day, and uh, I wanted to see the final feud thing. And I come back in, I go to play, and my guitar won't play. There's no sound coming out of the amp. I'm like, oh, no. And I didn't make any changes. And I got to say that the um, uh, the built-in no- uh, noise gate works great. So 
um, there's no setting. It's either on or off. You have a you have a um, like a classic setting, um, what they call a soft noise gate, and then a hard noise gate for your your heavy metal settings. And I was like, oh, and I've got a noise gate in my in my loop too, so I, I was fine. I'm like, oh geez, there's nothing coming out. So I'm I'm messing with it, and I'm playing with it, and I'm sitting there like, oh, what the heck? So I pulled a cable out of the um, uh, the front end, and I put the guitar right into the front end. Nothing, nothing. I'm turning the guitar up and down. I'm rebooting the thing. I unplug it. I plug it back in. I'm like, oh my god. I just fucked this thing up. I just got it home. What the hell happened? Well, after a long period of of almost crying, by the way, because I'm like, oh, they gotta or they have to order me another one. Um, I go, you know what? The one thing I haven't checked. So I pull the cable out of my guitar, put another cable in the guitar thing, and. It was the <laughs> fucking guitar maybe if, cable. Maybe you used a little bit higher quality cable, you wouldn't have oh, had that conniption. Fuck off. <laughs> it was a shit cable. I'm going to be honest. It was a shit cable. It was one of those $10 freaking cables, you know, when Guitar Center's got a bunch of them on like a bike stand as you walk in. I grabbed one. He just, he just walks by and grabs the display on the way out. <laughs> this thing's right in the fucking trash. I was so mad. I was uh, I was so mad. I've been buying these higher end braided cables, you know that that. And what did I use? I used that piece of shit. Right now. Yeah, because so, it was just convenient. Anyway, You're like, fuck it, it's right here. Fucking cable. I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad. Uh huh. So yeah, that's my story so far. So I'm putting together some video. I, I'm not really crazy about the demos I just did. Um, because I'm Take like, your time. Do, you know, it, it's like, all right, I'm putting together a clean thing. So I'm doing some riffs that I hope are recognizable, and I thought, all right, I'll do the clean, and then because you got four channels, you got a clean, vintage, classic, and modern, mm-hmm. and I'm leaving all other settings the same. And I'm I'm amazed by one thing. First thing I got to say is volume wise, once you set that master volume, that is it. You do not have that. Oh, my clean is so much higher than my. No, it's the same. Yeah, that's so controlled. Yeah, go ahead. And so how I've heard it in person, so I know what you're listening to. Uh, How present is that amp? Oh, my God. It just it just it's like 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 a freaking uh, broadsword. (laughs) It's just that it it is definitely folks. I, I, I cannot stress. Now, first of all, it's got some punch. Yep. I mean. I could tear the walls down with this thing. <laughs> just my little one by 12, 16 ohm cab, right? Just be careful because it is a hundred watts. So it is. And I have to be careful because the, the 16 ohm cab is not, you don't uh, want, you don't want to pull a Thomas Blug. No, and blow it, <laughs> which could happen. Mm-hmm. I almost, I almost t- um, messaged him and said, Thomas, what did I do? <laughs> oh, he'll talk to you. Go, go oh, ahead. I know he will. So, I know he will. So anyway, I, I luckily I fixed it, and I'm I am going to ask him some pointers because I re- what I really want to do is get that vintage setting. Is it the vintage or the classic? The vintage. The, uh, the vintage is the uh, plexi sound. The classic is no. the the JCM eight hundred nine hundred sound. Yeah. All right. So I want to get I want to get my settings there. Um, 
I'll, I'll just come out of the gate. I, I set everything to five. Okay. Yeah. I set everything to five with the exception of the volume. The volume's down like two. Yeah. I mean, it's like a real two band. I've oh, it is. Oh, it is. <laughs> two is really loud. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to do a, um, I'm going to do a whole thing. I want to put the Hughes and Kettner with it. Um, uh, I'll, I'll uh, put that up later this week, but let me say this, that, that, Okay, as far as the channels go, usually when you're switching between your channels, what you get is you get a clean channel you can't use or a heavy channel you can't use when you're switching between them if you're trying to keep your volume the same. Not on this thing. No, it it is like, okay, get your volumes you want, the overdrive channel where you want it, the clean channel where you want it, get them, um, and then just mash volume. And that's it. I mean, it's that simple. It is the... I'm... I'm already. Do, in do love you with share it. a gain a gain control on that? Like, I'm trying yeah. to remember. So, so all the all the channels share a gain control. Yeah. So, but but they're voiced appropriately. So even if you have the gain max for the plexi, it's not going to be like rip your head off for the for the right. uh, fendery sound. For the fender sound, right? And that's um. So I guess it's the clean that's the fender. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So how does it take pedals? I'll let you guys decide for yourselves as far as the um the demos go. But I use the Paisley Deluxe um, underdog side and the Paisley side, and I'll say that it took it well. That it was, and when I say well, I mean as good as or better than the Hughes and Kettner. In yeah, some the real, spots. the real deal, right? It um, really. But here's the other thing: volume control wise, still right there. I wasn't like, oh shit, I've got too much gain in this. I, it was, it was even keel. Um, the boost is is um, is really good, and it's just a boost. It doesn't like color your signal. You're not like going, oh crap! You know, I got a boost now. It's it's too tinny. You know, how some boosts will when you hit the boost, it's too much presence. There's too much. Yeah, yeah, it cuts through a little too much, and it almost becomes metallic sounding. Yeah, and it and it becomes grating on the ears. Um, so, um, I, I'm. I also used the uh, the fuzzy Wampler um, modded BD2, yeah the, the blues driver, which in my other amp makes it almost. I mean, it just pushes it too hard and makes it like yeah yeah. Where this Not one in this it was thing. really good. No, no, it was really good. He's I, I don't know what he does. I don't know what little magical elves are in there. But I, so when I got it, um, I open. I got it at Guitar Center, and they were like, "Oh, that's nice. You got an amp." And they were like, "Yeah, whatever." Because they see me all the time. They have no idea what that thing is. They have no idea. No, they were shocked and amazed. I pulled that thing out, and I said, all right, guys, let me show you something. Let me show you something. (laughs) And I I set it up. Okay, farmers. And they were, were, yeah. And it was like, holy fuck. You know, it was like, this thing sounds great. And and they were like, that's a 100-watt amp? And they said, and that's a tube? I thought it was a fluorescent light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's for an aquarium. <laughs> you can you can keep your fish alive and um, amplify your guitar. So um, no, but it's it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. And, the, and the record out is really good. I'm glad I'm glad you out. like it, Jim, because uh, I steered you towards it, and I I was kind of worried. I was like, you're gonna be like, this fucking sucks. And I I knew you weren't gonna have that. But I thought maybe there might be some like compromise there where you're like, ah, I don't like this about it or but no, I, I my impression of that thing was like if I had eight hundred dollars at Gearfest, I probably would have bought one. 
I'm telling you right now that the the band is going to be pissed, but I'm going to use it at the next gig. Oh, you should. I'm just bringing it to the gig, and I'm going to use it. With a, with a cabinet or direct into the yeah. PA? Well, we direct him. Yeah, she's it's, it's a direct. It's fine. Yeah, I'm going to direct him. And the direct yeah. is supposed to mimic his um his, his 4x12, you know, G20 cabinet. Yep. So that's pretty crazy. It, it has a really good sound. Of course, you got to get the the um the blue box. Yeah, for that'll caps, be helpful. Caps right. Well, it's and got a capstan built in. Right. So. Right. That's what I mean. But the right the capstan is built in. I just mean for more capstan. Yeah. Right. Right. If you want to expand that. Right. Right. And the truth of the matter is, I'll probably um, now. I understand that the the um, I, I haven't done the foot control or anything yet, but as you know, it just. Gives you the ability to switch between channels. Yeah, it's basically just extra channels. So yeah. the way it comes in stock is you get two channels, right? Out of four possible channels. So right. you can pick the two you want. If you add the two-button foot switch, you should be able to get all four of them, I believe. Yes, that's uh, really what you do. Right. You go from two to four. And you can turn the, uh, the boost the on and off. Uh, yeah, reverb re- boost. Yeah. Boost. yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, how many of you guys in the in the listener group, guys and gals, um, are going to gigs and need more than two sounds. Like, really need more than two sounds. Yeah, I know, if you're playing a cover band, you're like, oh, i got to nail this, and i got to nail that. Listen, if if your shit broke, and all you could do was a dirty rhythm and, and a lead tone and a clean tone, you could get through that gig. I've been in cover bands for a long time, and I've been with those guys that have uh, amps. They, they'll have two or four amps. I've been with guys that have, you know like a couple of heads. Um, and I've been with folks that, that play through one, like myself. <clears throat> Here's the thing. Most of us, let's be realistic. Most of us, if we're going for that plethora of sound, what are we getting out of? Pedals. Yep. You're using pedals. Whether you're using a Helix or something like that, or you're using um, a pile of pedals. Well, I mean, honestly, I was going to preface this whole thing by saying I have the Helix and it's overkill. Yeah, you really only need so for me and my needs, and and I think at this point listeners are probably pretty familiar with the kind of music I play. If you've seen some of the videos and things, um, I need a fusiony lead sound, which is like right. you know high gain, not metal, right? And right. then I need like a Marshall sound, and I need yep. a Fender sound, and that's it. Like I can, yeah. if I have those three things, I'm golden. I don't need anything else. And actually, I could probably do it without the Fender clean. The truth of the matter is that for me, because I'm mostly pedal driven, I need a good clean tone. Mm-hmm. I need a clean amp that can take pedals. Well, but here's the, here's been the problem with all all of my dirty amps. Once I go to the dirty side and I want to add pedals, I always get this unusable boost from the pedals that I had in a clean. And you can't like go, okay, my pedal, I want it this way for my boost and this way for my clean channel. Your pedal is either out or off. You need a and switching now, system. <laughs> I have a switching system. The, the the thing I'm saying is, like, yeah, you can you can go in and you can middle MIDI pedals and you know stuff like that to to make modifications right. so that you can get your pedals controlled for. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, out, but blah, it's just blah, blah, too blah, much yeah. fucking work to be honest. Right, with you. that's what I'm saying, and and it's a lot of it's a lot of money. Um, yeah, I know. This, I had that. <laughs> yeah, and this um, uh, so far has allowed me to. Um, Go into, like, I, I'm always afraid to go into my Hughes and Kettner dirty side. I, I'm 
And not because it's not usable. Believe me, I love the dirty side of it. But the problem is I come out of the clean, I go into the dirty, the reaction of the of the clean and the dirty to the same pedals, the same overdrive pedals, is what kills me. Because if I'm going in for a um if I'm going in for the kill, I need to be able to know that I'm gonna get a certain amount of volume out of that and not cut people's heads off unless my objective is to cut people's heads off. Yeah, I mean this brings up a good point, and maybe maybe the topic for this episode really is that, um, and we can we can discuss on this for a while. But so the way I use my rig, um, I do run uh, fuzz pedals into my dirty sides of amps, okay, and I'm using basically what for most people would be a crunch sound, maybe yep. beyond crunch, right? And I'm using a fuzz face. So I can control the dynamics by rolling back my volume knob and actually control the the gain channel and how how crystal clear or or how yep. muddy and nasty it is. Um, and you can see me doing the, the, this in the videos, particularly the one where I did the four fuzz face shootout, um, and actually probably the um, the demo I did of the uh, sun face, probably the most prominent place where you're going to see it. But my my point in all this is that um, I can still use that fuzz over on the clean side because I keep it at unity gain or maybe yeah. just, just a hair above unity gain. I'm not trying to punish my amp with my, with my overdrive. Like that's not, that's not the goal here. Um, because if you have a two channel amp really one, and, and especially in the configuration that Mark five is one channel is clean that that thing ain't doing anything other than clean unless you have it in the crunch mode. And then right. the other channel is Balls to the wall, like let's see how much gain we can get out of out of five tubes. Um, so point being, uh, I found compromises that work. Now you're like modulation pedals and stuff; they don't care. Uh, nope. As far as so, you're describing a po- problem where when you go to the uh, to the dirt channel, it's actually too loud, or is it just too too distorted? No, no, no. When it's when I'm <clears throat> when I'm punching it, it gets loud. No, nope. so. I've got the clean channel, right? Mm-hmm. And and the, the dirty channel. I've got them at Unity. Got the same volume. Right. But the same pedal in the clean channel giving me a certain tone. I go to the dirty channel and I give it that same pedal. I get more volume. You're getting more volume out of the dirt channel. That's yeah. odd. Yep. That that doesn't sound right. Like uh, all right, so I guess it, and it might I, be perception because it might be perceived volume because of compression. No, I, I, I suspect what's going on is that you have your, your gain channel is like dialed way back. You don't have a lot of distortion. Yep. That's, that's and the reason. And the reason is for the unity. So yeah. you can't, so you can't push the gain channel at all, basically to get, to get decent volume. Cause I would just turn the cleanup to match. Yep. That's I mean, and then does your is your clean does your clean get like distorted as you turn it up? Is that basically what's happening? Oh, yeah. so you're just not you just don't want to do it then. <laughs> no, 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 it's not that. It's just yeah, that um, you know, I'm not the sound man. <laughs> well, we'll just say that. Yeah, but I mean, because as you push the the clean channel up, sound man's got to bring your gain down. Well, you're playing, but you're playing in. You're going direct in, so that shouldn't even be an yeah. issue. It is because the direct out box. Oh, because you don't have you don't because you're using the, the master to control the the output level to the board. 
Man, what a shitty fucking see that that that's we talked about this like an episode or two ago, where the Mark V direct out does the same thing where you have to use your master volume to control the the output level to the to the board, and it's bullshit. It should because, just be yeah, a flat line out. That's why Jim's Dude. having you're having problems. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if if I get that volume <clears throat> where I like it, I don't have the ability to control the output of the DI based on that. So if I want to get like we all know that with a tube amp, and I don't care what amp it is, actually even a good uh, a good solid state amp, there is a point where you lose tone. If sure. you turn yeah. it down, yeah. you lose tone. I don't care bedroom volume, all that bullshit aside. When you when you bring that volume down, you lose tone. Everybody and, knows it at this point, right? And so if I'm going to play uh, through the uh, distorted channel, right? If I'm going to go to that point, <clears throat> then I need to know that hey, I'm um, I need to be able to push the volume enough to be able to get that breakup. And what happens with the pedal? And this is what I think is why the pedal pushes the clean tone, but the clean tones tend to just, they don't, you're, you're at where's your point where you can get it. Where's where, your drive set on, on like a, like a drive pedal? Are you, are you actually getting grip from the pedal at all? Or are you just boosting the volume? No, I'm getting grip from the pedal. Oh, that's why. I've got, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so what's happening is that's why I said, I think it's perceived because what happens is if I can't get my volume of my dirty channel up loud enough so that when I'm hitting it with a pedal. It doesn't usually you're right. Usually if I've got a dirty channel, I hit it with a pedal. It doesn't gain a lot. It's yeah. Volume. Volume doesn't go anywhere. It, right. It, it, matter of fact, it won't. It will sit. Mm-hmm. So what happens is then you've got, um, uh, you know, you've got your gain, your input gain, and then whatever you're giving it is just going to compress a little. Right. Where um, a clean channel just pretty much that's what it is. It 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 reflects the what it's getting. That's right. the whole idea of a clean channel. That's why people like a lot of clean channels for taking pedals. It's because now they're getting the true tone of the pedal. They're not really worried what the amp is going to give them back, usually. They're worried about what the pedal is going to give them. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like some folks, like me, I like a little gain in my clean channel so that I get a little grit in the green, clean channel and I'm sitting right at the edge of I think, you know, uh, that grit. That that's I just wanted to dispel something here. I think a lot of people want that. I think probably most of your your regularly gigging or you know guys that do this kind of work are looking for that semi semi clean tone, right? So that's well. That, I hope so. That's not unique. I mean, so when you're when you're good, so when you're doing the um uh, when I'm doing the clean thing, I've got to be able to give it enough um bump. But when I'm going DI, that's the one downside of it. If the sound person isn't controlling me at the other end and like padding me or whatever they got to do, but I can give that volume what I need so that I can simulate coming out of that cabinet at a good volume. That should be the whole reason behind going direct. Well, let's let's face it. You're you're in a situation right now with the way that you're running your live sound. That's pretty much a compromise. It is. I mean, that's that's essentially like. I would honestly, if I were in that situation, I'd say fuck the sound guy. Like I turn around and be like, "The hell with this! I'm just using my amp," and yeah. that's just me. Like I, I, none of the places I play are big enough to worry about it. Like, just turn the PA up; it's fine. 
And actually, I know that the, you know this is really just a result of the fact that they want quieter stages. It's like at yep. some point, if you want live music, you're going to have to put up with a little bit of noise. You're not yep. going to have four silent guys in the corner just sitting there pretending to be a band. I mean, that's that's not how this works. Yeah, there's that. There's the desire and reality, right? All right, right. We all have that. So I th- hopefully this is a better experience for you, though, because I think you're going to... I Using a tube amp, getting the, the clean set right and the, the gain channel set right can be a real compromise. And... Right. Um, if anything, that's what we're discussing here is this, this you know, uh, juxtaposition. So, right. alongside what you've been doing, I have spent the last 48 hours editing a video. Yep. By God, listening to this episode, <laughs> you don't watch this video, I'm going to lose my damn mind. <laughs> okay? 48 <laughs> hours. All right. So, this is for the end of the world fuzz for good time music. And I really want to do this pedal a lot of justice. I think it's a I think it's a cool stomp box. Um, I've been a friend of the store for a long time, and uh, the only other existing video of this was done by our favorite person, the Tone King. So don't bother watching it. You, you won't get any idea of how this pedal actually sounds. Um, but what's cool about it? It's your typical three knob fuzz. And when I tell you the control layout, you'll probably figure out what it's based on. Or like where it's descended from right away. And the control out is volume, sustain, and tone. Which obviously hints at it being a muff circuit, right? Um, I think this might be kind of loosely based on a like a screddy type muff. Like a screddy mayo or a screwdriver. Um, man, this thing has got a, a ton of sustain. ton of A ton of gain. And it gets those like gnarly, dark early 90s, like, Smashing Pumpkins-style fuzz sounds. You want to play Zero? Put this pedal on your board, okay? That's that's basically what this thing is meant for. Um, I had a, I had a hell of a lot of fun recording the demo and actually doing the, the, the physical work behind this video. It's the editing process that is absolutely killing me. Adobe, if you're listening, fucking Premiere and, and After Effects and having them talk to one another so that you can put fucking titles on a video is bullshit. It is horrible. It is the worst experience I've ever had in computer software, period. I like Adobe products. I've been using Adobe stuff for years. But Premiere and After Effects, what the hell are you guys thinking? Why can't you just have one program for both animation and video? Why can't you do that? Even oh, Apple's guilty of the same thing, and I don't understand it, because they use the same concepts. So why can't I just title my videos over in Premiere? No, I gotta do all this fancy shit in After Effects and animate. It's like, if anybody's ever done Flash video, that's what After Effects is. You're basically putting together Flash animation, but you have to do it for every single piece of text that appears on the screen. You gotta go in there and you gotta make a title, or you gotta copy a composition and fill in the text but you can't even put paragraph breaks in. So guess what? You need a paragraph break? Oh, well, now you have to make a new title from scratch. Or you can copy that, or you can duplicate your old one and make another one. But you can see where this is going. It just gets, it gets insane. I just spent two and a half hours putting together like four title formats so I could finish this damn video just to put the titles together. It, it's insane. So screw you, Adobe. It's it's totally ridiculous. You know, the thing that that I do like about so I'm using Sony Vegas Pro and I get a lot faster uh, results. Um, Making a video is 
super, super easy. Well, I stress the details too, which makes it that much worse. You should. And and the thing is that um, even if you do, you know, let's say, let's face it, you know, I, uh, if you're, if you're putting together um, a, uh, a video, you want it to look good Mm -hmm. as well as sound good. And I mean, that's why we buy lights. That's why we spend the time to get the right angles. And that's why we, you know, we do the stuff we do is because, oh, let's reshoot that. It's just one small mistake. Nope. Got to reshoot. Got to go and yeah. do it again. Yeah. I mean, that's that I try to minimize that when I do a video, almost all of what you get is either one or two takes. And I'm yeah. literally just like, here we go. And I know what I'm going to do going into the video. And I know how it's got to be when it finishes. And if it's not good, I'll do a second take. But but honestly, like everything I've done is like one or two takes of actual re- physical, you know, playing the guitar and getting it recorded. It's the editing time that's nightmarish. It takes me it, it, honestly. I, I'm not kidding when I say I put 48 hours in this fucking video already. Oh, like, I believe it. It's and, just and the and the work that goes into it and and the amount of time, um, folks. If you have not used one of the uh, higher end software for doing video. This is not loading your crap up to YouTube. Um, yeah, it's not shooting talking, video on your phone. And <laughs> no, and and uh, no, this is taking the video, taking it apart, having to figure out where you're going, finding your timeline, where is it going to go in the title, putting the title up, you know, and how how much opaque do you want, you know, so yeah. on and so forth. It's just it's such a pain in the rump. It's not and, like that's really part of it. Then you're got then you got all this audio that comes in from right. some other device that you've got to like sync, sync it up, you know. Right. <laughs> you've got to sync that up and you've got to find those points. I mean, that you're gonna sync it. I mean, most of us use a hand clap or we use a you know a guitar yeah, smack. Whatever. Or something. Yeah, I mean I, I I've synced with, with literally screaming at it before. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the whole thing yeah. is when when you do Mother! this <laughs> you don't even realize things like your your time code, like your your typical time code that comes out of your DAW, which used to be oh, a TP or whatever, but now it's you know it's whatever they they're using now. And when I when I go to sync it up with video, no, they don't use that fucking time code. They they oh. use frames. So right. guess what? Your audio can't actually sync to this. It's always going to be like you know ten milliseconds off, and you're going to hear it. It's going to piss you off. You're going to look at it and you're going, to oh, why does yeah. that match my mouth? Like what yeah, the hell, it, man? Or people will go, how come you've got such a delay between the time you hit the string and the time you got, you've all seen those videos where people didn't mm-hmm. do a good job syncing. Yeah. Um, and it, and it looks crap and there are expensive, I mean, uh, and expensive to us because of where we are in the podcast um, development, um, expensive devices that have a synchronizer between the, they, they synchronize all the cameras and they synchronize all the all, audio almost devices. No, almost nobody I know uses those. Almost no one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's because those are a big pain in the ass too. I honestly, that well, the, they're not. They're made more for acting, and the problem you run into is for us, we need the inputs from our um, our amps, and we need the microphones. Um, the microphones and our microphones are not synced the way that their microphones are synced. So. Um, the bigger headache I have with all of this production stuff is that Zoom created a camera that actually has a pair of XLR outputs on it, but the camera quality is fucking Sucks. awful. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's going to have great ins and outs for audio, but the fucking camera quality is trash. 
What's the mm-hmm. point? It's 24 frames a second or some ridiculously low thing like that. Oh, no, I don't care about the frames per second. It's just the perceived actual video image quality is terrible. I'm not even talking about the image quality. I'm talking about the fact that if you play even slightly faster than Eric Clapton, (laughs) you know, at his slowest, you're going to go to um, into where the the fingers are going to get fuzzy. Well, twenty four frames playing a normal solo. Twenty four frames per second is really it's the the uh, film video quality, and that's fine. When you when you're going to have that kind of motion blur, that's because the camera can't keep up with it. It has nothing to do with the frames per second as much as the the camera can't actually track what's going on there, and so it just kind of blurs it. Um, it's it's digital photography at high speed is what it is. And as right. you know, if you got a, f- a photograph and something's moving, it, what how's, how's it come out? Blurry, because because the, the image sensor can't can't decipher what the hell it's supposed to do. So I mean, um, well, your I, better I, stuff is going to shoot at thirty <laughs> to sixty frames a second. Yeah, thirty, sixty, one twenty. Uh, <laughs> I've even seen stuff shooting at two forty, two forty. But say, you're talking you expensive for that stuff. Yes. Um, I, in fact, I was watching a tutorial of the guy the That's other day. And the guy's like, video. "Oh, look at this! I got 240 frames per second. And I'm like, "You fuck," you know. Like, yeah. But I don't. I, so I'm not. As, I'm not as big. I'm not as big as worrying about the the, um, the FPS as I am worried about making sure that the audio sounds good and at least you can tell what I'm doing. Right. Um, you need to be able to see my hands on the controls. That's really mm-hmm. important. And you need to be able to kind of tell what's going on. So if I don't show the pedal in the in the video, it's it's because I'm going to title it, and you're gonna, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. Um, right. I'm going to try to get more multi-camera stuff going. Um, I yep. did, I did the four fuzz shootout. That was multi-camera. Um, but at this point, I'm shooting with an iPhone, and I'm getting decent results. The last couple of videos I put up were all shot on an iPhone. Um, I have the previous generation. I'm getting the new one when it comes out because it does, uh, it does. What is it? Uh, sixty frames per second at four uh, K, and yeah. I that for me is like that's more than enough. I think it'll do. I think it'll do one hundred twenty frames per second at um yeah ten eighty p yeah ten eighty p, which is probably more yeah. where I'll be going. But um, yeah. I never and, nevertheless, you know, you know. So um, along with what we were talking about earlier, some folks were talking about how uh, we were talking about the brakes. Um, and the uh, um, the attenuators. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, attenuation um, is it is definitely something that I may have to take it. Uh, my band might fold here shortly, mm-hmm. so our drummer is leaving, and now our bass player. This is this is drama, guys. That happens. Um. So our bass player was like, ah, you know what? I'm wondering if we want to keep going and blah, blah, blah. And the other guy's got a grandkid and getting older and he wants to spend time. And we all, we all have that kind of thing. Um, I don't have grandkids, but other people do. And uh, Not yet. No, no. And so I just, uh, and thank God, even if I did, they wouldn't live with me. Um, I, I raised my kids. I don't want to raise my kids' kids. But um, the... Uh, you know, all that aside, I'll tell you that that um, I might have to go and do something different. Yeah, and it, and I'm probably in most most likely I'm going to be cabinet. So I'll probably either be picking up a two twelve, or um, you know, sticking with a one twelve. 
and miking it with either the 57 or the 609. You're going to be so much happier getting out from under using the PA. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that was a move that when we did it, seemed logical at the time, has more and more become a pain in the rear because always my monitor mix is dependent on that um, PA instead of what I can hear from a speaker that where I have some control of it. And I, I don't know. I'm being picky now, but that's the way it goes. Hey, we're getting some really bad audio quality coming in. I'm going to actually end the call and call you right back. It's Stormy Monday. Yeah, it's it's storming here too. I wonder if that has something to do with it. So we're we're back uh-huh. on already, and uh, Jim Jim's audio quality has cleared up now. So Yay. we can continue the discussion of attenuators and uh, live live gigging. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you're gonna be super happy going back to actually using a cabinet. But I, I do get get an attenuator. It will tell you, make your life so much better. If I okay, so I'm going to use the blue. So what I'm thinking I don't even is, know if you need it then, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I won't need it. Plus, you know that you and I both know that next year when we do Sweetwater, I'm going to be getting a nano cab. I can't wait. I can't or wait. The, to, or the other cab. Jim, I'll be honest with you. I can't wait to get there because I am going to spend a lot of money. <laughs> I'm going to go all blue. I, and, and that's going to be, that's going to be, uh, I'll be, in, whether he endorses me or not, which I know he won't. I have. Because I suck. Yeah. <laughs> I have a confession to make, everyone. Um, I'm still on the year of no gear, and I want off badly. But I am. But I have. I have bit my goddamn tongue so many times because I'm doing this. Like I'm doing this not just for me. I'm doing this for all of us that have spent too much fucking money on gear and have ended up in debt. Like this is for all of you. I'm. I'm doing this for you people, and that's why I'm. I'm still trucking. Mine's Man. gonna start next year. <laughs> All right, so um, some hard realities. Um, I know you're gonna be sending me a TS nine, uh, a TS yeah, mini. That, yep, a TS mini, which I'm looking forward to trying. Um, um, and you're also, and I'm gonna be sending you the blues driver, which I got to put in the mail this week. I have to send. So I'm gonna do a demo of it first, but I am going to send you my Wampler. Um, okay. Oh, the Pinnacle. Yeah, the, the Pinnacle Deluxe V2. I'm going to send that to you. You can have your way with it. The only thing I ask is that if yeah, you want maybe. it, you buy me a Velvet Fuzz and have right. it shipped to me. Yeah, that's probably the best way to do it, rather than paying you money and then you... No, because then I didn't break Gear of No Gear. That's true. It is a <laughs> gift. It is a gift. And it is a... Tr- I mean, it is It a is an gift. exchange. <laughs> so, guys... um, yeah, we're we're trying. I, I'm not trying at all. Um, but David's trying, so I guess we is was more Look, like David and here's not what, me. <laughs> here, here's so when we when we first hatched year of, year of no gear, I I feel like I I should clarify at this point because of my outburst a moment ago. But I want to clarify the reason we that I wanted to do year of no gear. The reason why I suggested it was because man, I spent a lot of fucking money on gear the last three or four years. And it's yeah. thousands of dollars. Oh yeah. Um, I bought, I bought you know USA guitars and amps, and I was flipping stuff left and right. Um, and so part of it was like, look, I got I have to put a hard stop on this. Like I have to put on the brakes. And I've done a pretty good job so far. I mean, we're yeah. we're I'm, I'm at about two months. Um, the end yeah. of the month will mark two months. Um. 
I had the only thing I have purchased was was a fuzz pedal for the podcast. I haven't touched it. It's actually in the box behind me on the on the floor in a bag. Um, I haven't touched it outside of doing the demo, and like that's been totally cool. It's worked out well. Now I am going to probably bend the rules a little bit for everybody because I'm going to get a guitar wireless system for the house, yeah. and that's just because doing these demos. I'm tripping over cables and I'm damaging things. Like I'm stepping on my really expensive cables and stuff while I'm doing some of these. Because if you haven't seen that photo of the last time I actually did a video review, or I, I, I posted a photograph of what the room looked like. There was cable everywhere. It was unbelievable. Right. And I had I had uh, cables taped to the back of stands and stuff. Um, and I need to get a couple of S hooks so that I can do some cable management for the walls because it's just going insane in here. Yeah, so it's there's that and then there's um also my cats have taken to chewing on my very expensive cable. Yeah, that's um, that's a terrible thing. So I don't want cats are a terrible thing. <laughs> I love my cats, but but I don't want them tearing up my my $40 sinusoid cable uh, no. that I use for pretty much all my guitars because it's the only thing I've found that gives me enough trouble. Um and that's because I spec it that way, but um so I'm that that's actually up in a bin right now. I'm not even using it. Um and I'm probably I, I talked to my sweetwater rep today, Brant, and uh Brant says that they're out of the boss wireless systems right now. I have a line on a um Audio Technica ATW fifteen oh one, which has been discontinued. Uh they are they're being marked down like bargain basement prices. They 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 knock wow. hundred bucks off of them. So I have to consider whether I get that or the other one. Um, it's home use. I don't really plan on using uh, using this live. So I may just get the boss. Uh, the only reason, the only thing I have against the boss is like further discussion is that it's plastic, and I yeah. have a feeling I'm going to break it. So I may end up getting the ATW, um, but it's going to be about fifty dollars more. Not exactly happy about that, but th- what I will say is about this: the positive parts of uh, Year of No Gear. I've actually managed to pay off significant amount of bills that have just kind of been hovering out there for a while. Um, we have a lot of things going on during the summer because my daughter from Las Vegas comes to stay with us, and so a lot of that stuff kind of gets put on the back burner. We pay what we have to, and then pay minimums. Yep. But right now we're kind of flipping around, and that feels really good. I'm not. Like I don't actually am not happy that I want to spend money on gear. Like that's I'm I'm kinda at this weird phase where it's like, what the fuck do you mean I need a new cabinet? <laughs> you know, like like I don't want to do that. This is bullshit. Oh, um, yeah. But no, I so it's been a positive experience. I think it's making me a lot more reflective on what I'm gonna do with my rig in the long term. And I'm definitely getting more familiar with what I have. Um and realizing I don't need very much of what I have, to be completely frank. Like, the Helix is totally overkill for me. I yeah. use, like, maybe four amp sims in there. I got cabinet models. I could use those right in my DAW. Um, now it's like, I just need a, a really good, strong, clean, dirty amp. And I played yeah. one the other day. And a really good, strong, clean, dirty amp. It's got to do both. You know, and it's yeah. got and it's got to be like I don't. It doesn't have to get like you know, um, Slayer or anything like that. But it or or Cannibal Corpse or anybody like that. It's just got to get like classic rock, dirty, right? So right. 
I found uh I went into um Good Time the other day to pick up my guitar after setup. And uh what I discovered is they had a Mace of Fillmore. Oh, and yeah. I gotta be honest, those clips suck for that amp. Uh what Mace has put out sounds like total dog shit compared to what the amp actually sounds like. Uh just yeah. just playing around tinker, tinkering with it for 15 minutes. I was able to get Deluxe Reverb Cleans, uh, Marshall Plexi Grind a little bit in that territory, a little bit of Supro character. Um, just a great, very simple, easy-to-use amp, plenty of volume, and a lot of flexibility. Um, and honestly, it's on my short list of things to get, and I've been kind of like sitting around going, do I get that or do I get the amp one? Um, the Fillmore? Yeah. Yeah, and it's really going to depend on... I, I would I would shoot them out. Why not, why not both? Yeah, well, there's that option, I too. Have the, I have the Grinch face right now. <laughs> so, in, in, in accordance with my Year of No Gear proposition, does not mean I am not saving money for Sweetwater Gear Fest 2019. I, I am putting yep. away $100 a week into um, the Stash app on my phone and investing in stocks so that I will have more nice. than the $5,200 available when I get there. I do not plan on spending $5,200. Let me make that no. very clear to everyone right now. But, but you I will. Definitely, well, I could definitely <laughs> buy... So I'm looking at I'm looking at an Ibanez AZ Prestige, and and I may not buy that at GearFest. I, I may just look at them. But I am prob- I'm probably getting another amp. I'm probably getting an attenuator... If, depending on what the amp is, whether I need an attenuator, I'm gonna get um, a couple of effects pedals. I mean, like I, I honestly have already kind of slated. I have a, a running list over at Sweetwater right now of just things I'm looking at. And even even if I were to buy like both the amp one and the uh, the Fillmore, I'm still sub three thousand dollars. So really, all I'm uh, obviously other than the blue stuff to to um, so long as I'm still in love with the blue at that point uh, to match everything together and kind of put it all together. Um, other than the blue stuff, I'm looking at, uh, I want to get a decent chorus pedal. I haven't really settled on one yet. There's a lot of, a lot of chorus pedals out there. I like, um, I don't want one of those, you know, over the top eighties, U two things, but I want to do a, I have a chorus, chorus pedal for you. See? And, um, uh, obviously I'm considering a fuzz, um, but I want it to be the right fuzz. It can't be too fuzzy. But it has to be fuzzy enough. So I got to do that David Gilmore thing. Because if I do go to another band, I'm going to another classic rock band. Fuck it. I'm going to where I really like being. Uh, uh, you know, if it does happen, I'm going to uh, the classic rock All band. All right. Um, the end of the world fuzz is not the fuzz for you. Uh, I would look into the new Barber fuzz. Yeah. The the uh, It is based on the trifecta. They cleaned up the controls a little bit. They've they've modified the circuit a bit. It definitely gets in that like comfortably numb solo type sound. Yeah, that's what I need to do. Um, so I would look into that. You're looking for muff. That's that's what that is. Yeah. And and then maybe because he used um he and Handy stacked them sometimes. He'd use a fuzz face with the gain like dial back and into a muff, right? Right. Or, or vice versa, and just use them for different sounds. So like everything. I would say like Echoes era, really, and then what was that? Uh, Dark Side of the Moon was yeah. Um, Dark Side of the Dark Moon may be a mix of Animals. Muff and 
But really, yeah. everything from Dark Side of the Moon prior was was basically a fuzz face. Well, um, that makes sense given the time frame. Right, exactly. You're That's why up he switched. to 1972, right? Well, and then and then he switched and he used the ram's head for like a long time. Yeah. And then he went back to the fuzz face and like started stacking them and using them together. So it was like there was something there that he was missing, and it's probably dynamics. That's that's what I figure. But yeah. um, he's very, very much in a dynamic. You watch him; he's fiddling with his freaking um, well volume. If, if you're thinking about that, on, dynamics on, honestly, Jim, if you're thinking about that, you want to look into Screddy's the the lunar module. That's yep. dark side of the moon in a box, and then you also probably want to look at the Keeley dark side. That's the other one that I'm considering. Yeah, the Screddy Lunar Module, I would definitely, like, I actually was jonesing for one of those for yeah. a long time. I think he's still making that. I, you have to uh, look. Um, um, so uh, there's that. Um, and I'm, uh, I've got a good reverb. You know, I like, um, I, I, and I've got the uh, MXR um, analog. Yeah, you got the, the carbon copy, which is fun. Yeah, the carbon copy. So that's fine. Um, hey, they have so, a new carbon copy with tap tempo. Do they really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where you can add, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I might go to that. Um, so, yeah, if I'm going to do the classic rock thing, those are a given. You got to have reverb, got to have delay, got to have um, your decent um, overdrives, but not over the top overdrives, which most people wind up doing because they don't really listen to the classic rock through a decent sound system or something. I don't know. Um, then you've got, uh, you got to have um, a boost. My boost pedal is just fine. I love the spark boost. Doesn't color it. What about the boost anything. in the uh, amp one? I like the boost in the amp one. That's the thing, though. The boost in the amp one is is actually usable, which is Rare, a rarity these days. Yes, it is. Um, uh, so for the amp one, I want to get the pedal controller. Um, you know, that's got like what 14, uh, 12 or 14 um, buttons on it. And then I want to get the um, blue. Uh, so, in order, the um, IR, the pedal controller, and then the cabinet. So, what I sent you the other day, and this is obviously more than I'm probably going to end up spending because obviously the prices are discounted and stuff. But I had, a, uh, I had an Ibanez Prestige AZ2204. Which is a hum single single AZ. It's a prestige edition, so it's like two grand. Um, mm-hmm. An exotic wah, that's two hundred and thirty bucks. Uh, Wampler faux tape echo, that's two hundred and forty dollars. And uh, the Boss WL fifty wireless guitar system. I don't know that I'm actually going to get that. Um, I, that's probably something that's going to be taken care of long before we get there. And then I did have the uh, the blue box. And the amp one. I don't think I'm going to get a cabinet, and the reasoning is I'm probably going to get a Mesa cabinet, another yeah. another one by twelve. Um, because I'm going to have going to get it anyway on my short list. That has been on my short list. Um, I'm just kind of trying to decide between the wide body and the normal um width. Well, I have I have the the with so we'll talk about that because there there's listen I had what they considered a rectifier cab yep. and it was a one by 12 and it was deep. It was, it was like 13 by 12 by 12 or it was, it was, it had to be wired down. It was like 16 by, by 15 by 15. Right. Yeah. They're huge. Yeah. Well, it was deep. I mean, it was like almost yeah. as deep as it is wide. It was pretty ridiculous and it was, it was hard to store and stuff, but then yeah. they, they came out with these mini recto cabs 
which don't have the base response that that cab does. But actually, I think it's a it's actually a bonus. Um, they sound they're very tight, like vintage sounding cabs. I, I've had people go oh, get a real cab. Fuck you. <laughs> let me let, let me tell you right now. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a Friedman cab because it doesn't have a cream back in it. You can go to hell. I'll put a cream back in. It'll sound fine. Um, so, I the mini recto cabs are not even that expensive, depending on what you want to get, like in terms of right. color and all. It's because you can customize all that. I think they're like right. four hundred and fifty or five hundred bucks. Yep. yep. Um, and they they sound great. They're portable. They're not even heavy. Uh, you yep. cu- they come with a nice case and everything, so, or the the uh, cover and all that. So as I was talking about this this thing right here. According to Sweetwater, the maximum expenditure would have been thirty seven seventy five, but I can guarantee you it'll be at least twenty percent less than that. And yeah. I'm probably not gonna have the boss system, so there's two hundred dollars off. I may not do the echo, the faux tape echo. I'll probably still do the exotic walk because I need something to can play nice with a fuzz face. So um, you know, I, I I think I spoke with you offline about the wah. So the the one wah I've used that I've actually liked, and folks are gonna hate me for this, but I like the snarling wah, snarling dogs whine a wah. No, a lot of people actually like that thing, Jim. I, and why snarling dogs? It, where are they now? You know, it's like they're they're gone. They were a Chinese yeah. company, and they didn't do very good promotion. Yep. I had I had one of their pedals. I had a snarling dogs blue do blue do, which is their um, yeah was their knockoff of the um, blues driver. And so, if anybody knows what the if anybody knows what the wine is, then that maybe it's a maybe that's what the um oh what the hell is his name uh, slash wah is I don't know I don't I haven't played that. I think if I get a, a wah, it's going to be only for one or two songs, you know, like that Bon Jovi thing or whatever, and Frampton. Yeah, they did. Hammett. I mean, like like Pink Floyd didn't use wah a whole lot. Auto wah oh. more than wah really. Yep. Um. And that may be something I have to get as an Ottawa. I don't know. I'm still I'm still revising my Gearfest list. If there's anything that people want to suggest that's not on my list right now, shoot it over to me. I'll, I'll be interested to take a look. Yeah, I understand that Volvo makes a heck of an Ottawa. <laughs> my head is shaking. That was terrible. That yeah, was that terrible. was that was it, Jim went. Hey, look at me! I'm going to try to fly this plane. <laughs> so. Uh, um, you're in talks with Robert Jackson to possibly go down there. Yeah, and, I'm hoping uh, to get down there in September to uh, Robert's Guitar Dungeon. I asked him what weekends he had free, um, and they asked him about a specific weekend. Okay, I don't want to say too much about that. I don't know what we're going to be doing content-wise. We'll do something. Yeah. We'll either do an episode of the podcast with him, or um, yeah. I'll just go down there and be on his channel, or we'll just sit around and shoot the shit and play guitar. Like, that's fine. Um, yeah. So hopefully... You know, good things. I I actually really looking forward to it. So, I uh, wish you could go, Jim. I know, I know. I we'll have to we'll have to work something out because that would be fun. I'm thinking about coming to harass you this winter. Just take a plane you trip should. down there, to Virginia Beach. Yeah, I, I would fly into like, you know, have me drive. Yeah, up I did and fly get to from, Norfolk or something. Oh, Norfolk is awful. Oh, well, it's it's just expensive in? to fly in and out of there. We'll it's talk. it's a great airport. We'll, we'll talk, talk about it. I don't care about um, the expensive flying in and out, as long as it's convenient yeah. and easy. <laughs> it is convenient and easy. I can get you in 15 minutes. Um, so, uh, Robert, speaking of Robert, he put up a um, new demo of the uh, TC Electronic Gauze Tape Echo. Have you listened to that yet? 
Um, no, I have not. The TCL. Uh, oh, yeah, no, and I wanted to. I saw it the other day, and I just haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Yep, so that's something to check out. Um, Eric Bailey says he's heard the, compu- the conspiracy theory that Page and Plant were ghostwriting for Greta Van Fleet. All right, all right. God. Confession. I, I Confession. I'd only heard like two Greta Van Fleet songs, right? Uh, one of them, some Safari and some other song. Surf and Safari. Uh, whatever. I don't know what the hell it was. <laughs> I don't think it was that song, but um, with the singer's range, it's, it's certainly possible. Um, yeah. I got to be honest. Like, so yeah, they sound like Led Zeppelin, but I'm digging it. I got, I, I mean, I mean, if anything is a, is a, as a kid growing up and listening to Led Zeppelin, if there's anything I could have had, like, I would have been like, can we get another Zeppelin record? You know? Like, that would have been like, hell yeah! Like, let's do this. And honestly, like, they're the closest thing we've got. And they're, you know, the thing that I'll give them is they're carrying the torch. Yeah. Um, we needed, you know, when Wolf Mother came out a while back, so it just said somebody mentioned Wolf Mother the other day. Um, I think it was on our on our yeah podcast yeah yeah because anyway, a lot of people said the same thing about Wolf Mother that they were knocking yeah. off Led Zeppelin. I did not hear that with Wolf Mother. No, but what I did hear was a future of rock and roll, and we know it's not dead. Um, I don't think we should be looking to the past for the future of rock and roll, though. I, right, and I, and that's just it. I need to. Be, I think we need to be looking at the now for the future of rock and roll. Well, what I will give this band props to is that their lyrical structure and style isn't reminiscent of Led Zeppelin. Like, very much the melodies, harmonies, and stuff are, but I also hear Rush in there. Uh, The guy can sing like Getty Lee. And that's pretty impressive. I think he does a better job of that, but he hides it under this veil of, I'm trying to sound like Robert Plant. Um, I think that that's a band that's going to make a name for themselves sounding like Zeppelin, and then they're going to start doing records that are very different. And when that happens, look out because I have a feeling they're going to be able to put something together. Those guys, those guys have a lot of resolve to be able to, you know, be that committed to what they're doing right now. Um, The band, so you're talking about a couple of bands I like that are that are kind of in this this vein right now. There's uh, Greta Van Fleet. There's um, you're talking about what was the band you just mentioned a minute ago? Um, Wolf Mother. Wolf Mother. Yeah, Wolf Mother's like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Of course, Rival Sons. The the other band that I adore and I do not think they get the, the the due props they deserve. I was watching videos of them today. It's the darkness. I, everybody knows Permission to Land, right? You guys have all heard that record. You've heard, you know, the thing called love. love, right? <laughs> Go get their records. Drop what you're doing. Put your shit down. Go to the nearest music store or go on iTunes and get hotcakes. Get Pinewood Smile. Get, um, uh, I think it's Last of Our Kind. Get those records. They are freaking awesome. It's like Queen mixed with ACDC and, um, I, I, it's just, just like a whole hodgepodge of these acts. And, and, and they make it into something new and unique. And that's why I'm like, they're kind of looking at the future. Yeah, they, they borrowed from the past, but they're not doing the same things. And Pinewood no. Smile is great. That, that record. Like- yeah, I mean that first album for me what was it Permission to Land. I have that. Um, Black Shuck, man, kind of like Black Shuck. Um, Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah. Black Shuck, because you just don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so uh, funny story about that one. I we got we got uh, a friend of mine actually. He's he's he was a drummer and he's now a guy I'm working on a project with now. He got the first Darkness record, Permission to Land, and he got the radio edit version. I think. Oh, I got exposed to it somewhere. Anyway, I thought the radio edit was how it was supposed to be. And then, like, a couple years later, I actually went out and sought this record out because I'm like, man, we're always listening to it in the car. I'm like, I got to get that record. So I went and bought it. And then I hear all this, like, because you just don't give a fuck and all this stuff. And he's yep. all doing it super high-pitched. And I'm like, this is badass. Like, this is exactly yeah. what I want to hear. Um, yeah. The one that it's a gets, great album. Uh, I'm looking for the, for the track title. Oh, so... There's a couple of great songs on uh, their newest one, which is uh, Pinewood Smile. And there's yep. like Buccaneers of Hispaniola, which they've done a couple of songs that are like historically referenced. That's one of them. And then they do the so- they do a song called Solid Gold. Because yep. uh, they just can't stop shitting out Solid Gold is actually the lyric. It's brilliant. <laughs> it is brilliant. Uh. The, the video is on YouTube. Drop what you're doing. Go to YouTube and look it up right now. I am definitely posting it in the show notes. We just can't stop shitting solid gold. That yeah, is the lyric. That is the chorus. That is hilarious. That's all I, I can not say. just funny. Not just funny, but like from the perspective of a reactionary force, these guys are to things like hip hop and yep. to because because these guys they literally they did a song called "Last of Our Kind" and they're in that song they're legit talking about the fact that they feel like there's no one else left and they're yeah. looking around and they're seeing Jay Z and um. You know Kanye and all these guys, and they're like these are these are what we have as you know quote unquote rock and roll idols now, and they yep. just don't understand it. And as evidenced by a song like that, it's basically saying, look, we're not going to stop doing what we are doing. We're still going to you know shit out solid gold. Um, yeah. And it's kind of this compare and contrast of the rock and roll lifestyle of your and the rock and roll lifestyle of now. Because who yeah. who do you yeah. think shits gold now? People would say people yeah. like Kanye, right? Right. It's it's really funny. Like when you th- yeah. when you stop and you think about it, and and it, th- yes, it's meant to be funny. It's meant to make you laugh, but at the same time, it has this subtext that's actually really serious and a social right. commentary. Um, so um, I, I I think that there are there are bands trying to carry this. So it, folks, if you can get in the podcast group and mention the bands that you're hearing now, that you're saying, yeah, these are the these are the ones that are. Carrying the torch for rock and roll for the future. Yeah, because I th- um, I think rock is going to have a serious revival very shortly. Yeah. I think yep. the reaction right now, everybody in this gener in the current generation that's in like high school and and a little bit beyond, they're very like pro tech, right? Yes. And technology, and I would not be surprised to see a backlash at some but point I, when social media finally collapses. And I don't mean collapses in the sense that we're thinking like where it's going to stop, but yep. like people start realizing that social media is ruining their life. And it's ruining the lives of others, and it has changed the, the nation for the worst. I think the reaction is going to carry over into, th- into other electronic forms of, of media as well. I think so. I think so. I think people are starting to realize that, that Facebook is one of the worst things that's happened. Um, we thought for a while it was great, but we also thought that. Uh, I don't that want thing? to know Poor everything thing. about everyone. I don't. Right. I, just I don't, don't want to know what color your you shit are not, is. Right. You are not special. Even if okay, it is but, solid gold. Talking about that, that's right. Shit and solid gold. Talking about that, um, I want to take um, down that that road. Uh, I've seen a lot more young people, and I'm talking about students and and folks that I get to interface with that want to learn rock, that want to be rock players, not this EDM thing. Because there is no talent 
No offense to the EDM take. I'm not saying that there's nothing there. I'm saying that it doesn't take a whole lot to cut paste copy. It doesn't know. make the physical dexterity to do it. No. It takes very much like the mental dexterity. But again, right. you know, who wants to see some fat guy like me sitting in a chair programming beats? Right. You want to see a fat guy like me hiding behind a guitar? Um, I would rather. So, yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. And the fact is that there are there um, uh, are more and more kids that are growing up um, seeing that and saying, this is awesome. Um, so I really do think we're going to get look at the 90s. The 90s were a huge backlash to all the crap that was going on in the 80s and the overindulgence of that of that um, time. Not that there wasn't a lot of great stuff in the 80s, but let's face it, it became a parody of itself in a lot of ways. So whether you want to call it hair metal or not, I know a lot of people that, that are in that scene take that they take offense to that term. Um, call it what you want. There was, you know, when more hairspray and makeup was more important than your ability to play, um, then I think that that was lost. And it and it happened in the '90s again too. We got that. We got a backlash against that because then all of a sudden it became a parody of itself. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get a parody of this EDM crap. Because I, to be honest, how far can you take it? The trend that I saw that killed, I will say, metal music in the very loosest sense of the term. What I mean by this is basically new metal in the late 90s. That was a whole movement. Like, a lot of people thought we were going to get the return of rock music out of that. And then all of a sudden, it became rap rock. And everybody was like, what the hell is this? And then it just collapsed and it died. And I think, you know, the real reason I think it collapsed and died, it wasn't because of the rap rock thing. They took themselves way too fucking seriously. And if you look back at bands, like, from the 70s and 60s, and even in the eighties, many of those bands did not take themselves seriously. No, like look no. at look at uh, Twisted Sister is a perfect example, right? Which or bring, Kiss, which brings me uh, Twisted Sister brings me to the segue that I was that I was looking for though is that I just watched their document documentary on Netflix, Twisted Bleepin' Sister, which is Twisted yep. Fucking Sister, because right. um, Dee Snyder has an incredibly filthy mouth. And it's yes, it, it really it's a great documentary because it only chronicles like the beginning of the band up to the point where they broke, meaning where yep. they got their first record deal. And they were around for ten years in the New York and uh, New Jersey yeah. area, and they were selling out everywhere. They were incredibly popular in that area, but yeah. because I believe it's Atlantic Records, their CEO had a thing against the band. Like, we're yeah. not going to hire them because they're wearing makeup and they're dressing up like girls kind of deal. And even though they were playing, they were selling out these four and 5,000 seat arenas and venues in that area. And I mean, when I say sell out, I mean, like, people were, like, fighting to get tickets and stuff. Um, they still couldn't showcase and get Atlantic Records or any of the other record labels to buy in. Because if Atlantic wasn't interested, why would they be interested kind of deal? Yeah. Um, and there was this whole, like, bias. And it's, and it's presented in the movie really well. There's this whole bias against them, and they just said, fuck it, we're going to do it anyway. And they went and they toured Europe, and they did all this this different stuff. And it was like, they were the band that nobody outside of that area had ever heard of. Right. And I feel like some of these bands today, The Sword is a classic example. They're carrying the torch for rock and roll. Have you ever heard of The Sword? Like, if you're not a musician or or not involved in the music community, you walk down the street and you ask me, have you ever heard of The Sword? You're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Is that a new Game of Thrones? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, was that is that one of those things on the on the uh, Iron Throne? But um, yeah. 
my 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 whole purpose here is to say that these bands are still successful. Like yeah. there's stuff going on underneath the surface of all this music, and it only takes one record company executive. And in this case, it's not going to be an executive anymore. It's going to be right. a group of fans who spread the word, right? To to take one of these bands like the Sword or uh, Rival Sons, or because um, Rival Sons has openly kind of said, you know, we really wish we could get the airplay that that you know we're looking for and stuff, um, right? Or Radio Men, or are these other bands that I've that I've seen even locally, and they're going to get carried right to the top. It's it's yep. only a matter of time if they're out there if there are bands out there doing this successfully. And they're actually doing it well enough that they can actually like record records uh, professionally, and yep. and do this kinds of things. There's a market for this, yes, and there is. that market will grow. And that's yep. that's all I can say. Same thing as you and I, Jim. We're we're doing this podcast, and we kind of joke that you know there was no market for this, but we're growing, right? And mm-hmm. um, I I I'm unbeknownst to me, like this is this is becoming you know kind of a movement thing, and I hope yep. it becomes a bigger movement. Um. Because I'm tired of things the way they have been for the last five years. I mean, really, EDM yeah. has ruled music for the last five to seven years. And, yes. and when I say ruled, it's like that's the only thing you see being used in movie soundtracks. That's the only thing you see um, you hear on the radio anymore. I mean, even when you hear this pop music now, it's basically EDM. Like, it's yeah. so overproduced that it's that's EDM. It is. Um, um, so there's a there's an interesting uh, series I recommend people watch. There's a YouTube series by a guy named Rick Beato, B-E-A-T-O. Yeah, I've watched some of his stuff. And uh, he does one, um, What Makes This Song Great? And so each of the series, he breaks down a song by a certain band. You know, I'll take, um, like, uh, Running With The Devil, he did. Um, really cool, fun stuff. Anyway, long story short, it, it's... It looks at those things that I talk about when I say these little things are what make a song awesome. It, it's just little shit that somebody took the time to put in there that makes a song really kick ass. And right now, what we've got is, okay, throw a beat down. Okay, got my beat down. Now have somebody say a lot of things that are offensive over it in perfect time. Yeah, it's and either, either offensive perfect or, time. It's either offensive or be sugary sweet with like... Lyrics about you know rubbing your boobs in somebody's face or you know it, yeah. it, it it's 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 just bad it's offensive you know and, and what what gets me is all these people like oh I'm a feminist I'm a feminist because that's a big movement right now even amongst men and then they'll yep. listen to somebody like Katy Perry like what in the it, hell it's, yeah it's, what it's is going me. on yep but you know my my thoughts on that aside um, there's a uh, that that series is really good. Rick Beato is uh, incredible. Um, uh, anyway, um, I had to laugh because that, um, last week uh, I was watching Phil McKnight. I caught the live. I never catch it live. I always catch it afterwards. But his live thing, he was talking about the 5150. Somebody asked him 5150 or the new EVH thing. Yeah, the 5153 or whatever. He said, yeah, the old PV5150 is definitely the better amp. I'm- so. I, I think I it's better made. I'll give you that yeah. much. I think the fifty one fifty three is is not well made. Um, right. I've heard numerous problems. That's actually I was going to buy the fifty watt for a while, and I heard numerous problems about just bad manufacturing and um, bad run of bad run of amps. And I was like, you know what? I am not taking a chance on that. Um, 
But I know he people also, that are that. I mean, like I've seen. In fact, I saw somebody today who did a rig rundown, and they're using them in their touring rig. Yeah, and I also um, uh, well, they used to be like the bomb in a lot of the um hard rock and heavy metal um bands. Uh, oh, the, the death metalers the love them because they have this, this attack, you know. Oh yeah, um, it's incredible. Um, and uh, anyway, he also uh, when they asked him about the. Um, the new EVH guitars or the PVs? He said, oh yeah, PVs. They're pretty much on par, but you can get a PV for a lot less money. Yeah, I mean, if I was, so if I was, the only thing that keeps me away from buying uh, like another uh, PV, EVH style, like PV Wolfgang, is uh, they're not stainless steel frets. Yeah. I'm done done with conventional frets. All right, after after playing the um, AZ, and realizing that, like, I probably never have to have that thing set up other than to have a neck adjustment. I'm just like, why in the fuck would anybody do anything else at this point? Um, I, I just got my um, my S500 back from the shop, and I'm realizing I'm going to have to do quarterly maintenance on it. And it's just, it's like, look, I don't mind paying the shop, you know, 50, 60 bucks every, every quarter. But it's just, I, if there is an alternative, why not do it? It pays for itself. I mean, how long do we keep guitars around? We keep guitars longer than we keep cars, a lot of these guys do. Oh, yeah. So, why not, you know? Yeah, when you think about it, you can buy a guitar today and never buy another one. Mm -hmm. Now that's not realistic. (laughs) But you can. Decade of no gear. If you think about it, let's let's talk about some famous... No, no, no. (laughs) A lifetime of no gear. Um, no. <laughs> no. If you look at okay, uh, now all kidding aside, some famous guitar players, yeah, that pretty much have one freaking guitar. There was there was Stevie Ray Vaughan. Well, he had twelve or thirteen, but he he relied he on the much, one. Yeah, he pretty much went to that one. You have um, of all people, Brian May. What fifty, sixty years now? He's got a lot of copies. He I don't think he takes the original Red Special out anymore. He takes copies. Uh-huh. From what I understand, I saw Rig Rundown. He will not play. And he, oh, he has dozens of copies that he uses on stage. That's not true. He has dozens of I know that for a fact. Because you can see video of him playing Green Ones and shit. Oh, I know. But he'll... Okay, so according to his tech, he plays the Red Special. And then if he breaks a string or he needs a different tuning, it's the only time he gives it up. And then he wants that guitar back in his hands. Well, that's because it's been stolen several times. Yeah, I think that's probably part of it. Um, you've got you've got so many guitar players that that is the case that they have a go to guitar, um, and that's the one that they like. Unless they're you know very few musicians. I mean, even even um, what's his name, uh, the Edge. Look at him. I mean, you know, he pretty much has his go to acts. I mean, he has other ones. Let's say Explore. Yeah, he's got that. He's since like nineteen seventy nine or eight or something. Yeah, he got on a trip to the United States and they in New York. Yeah, so if you if you look at um, your guy, I mean ACDC. Honestly, you look at Angus Young. He tries. He's still playing the same SGs he's been playing for like thirty years. He's been playing sixty one SGs forever. And he does have to have a dozen of them, but but it's because he sweats so much. on stage. That he that he sweats into the guitars, and they have to take them and, and clean them out constantly. Did you, did you guys hear? Uh, um, not you guys. Did you hear the story of? Um, the, so when they they tried to switch marshals with them, so 
I guess it was Mutt. Lang. I think it was recording with Mutt Lang at the time, right. and they yep. went and they and they swapped all their marshals for uh, EL thirty four loaded uh, like plexis and stuff, and they and they played with it for like a week, and they were like, "This is just not working. Like, what the hell is wrong?" And their tech told him, "He's like, well, they don't have KT sixty sixes in them," and they're like, yeah. "Why the fuck would you change that?" Like, so, so here's the, here's the ass kicker, right? Price of KT sixty sixes, they're like a hundred dollars a tube. They're like. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't care. They, they do not give a shit. I'll tell you right now that, that Angus, um, that's the one thing that every tech, every interview I've seen with any tech at any point in the, in time with him is nothing changes. Yeah. We don't change he shit. <laughs> matter of fact, they have a Variac. We were talking about the difference. So I guess we'll do that on, on oh, the yeah, next that's podcast. Right. They have the Variac that they use to, to match voltages in different countries and venues. <laughs> Has to be exact. I can't remember. It's like, it's got to be 98.6 degrees. I mean, yeah. it's got to be exactly this voltage. Pretty soon they're going to get a, one of those, those uh, um, temperature-controlled server racks and, yeah. and put the amp heads in there. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just it, – it is really insane. But to know your gear so much that if the voltage input changes and no. – and, so we'll leave it at that because we won't talk about Variax today. No, but we no. will talk about the difference why a Variac is not an attenuator. I want. I do want to weigh in because we're we're done. We're done. This is the end of the episode. But I do want to weigh in for a second on you know. Oh, I can I can tell the difference between you know the the air density temperature and like the sound. Listen, I I have dealt with people who are like recording engineers before, and they're and they have very sensitive ears and like. I still don't think you can tell the difference, and I don't think they can either. I don't think anybody's got the ears for that. Uh, now, voltage maybe like voltage drop across tubes. Like there are very specific voltages that plexis are supposed to run at. For example, um, right. I just don't think that. I mean, maybe the sum of all parts, but I doubt it's like the little infinitesimal detail, like. Who? Someone else touched my guitar and put their DNA on my strings. I can hear a difference. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> yep. I still. Yeah. I, it's there. I mean, I know. You, I listen. I think some of it is just the band is so idiosyncratic about it that yep. they're like, if something's off that night, they come off of the stage and they're just like, what? What'd you change? Yep. And it, that that then becomes a thing. And it may may not necessarily. It may even just be like they had an off night and the text's yeah. going like, I, I didn't change anything. You know, <laughs> and you know that, that he's gonna find something. Oh, yeah, look at this he's just battery. gonna go dig something up now. Like this battery is a Duracell from you know 2018, yeah, exactly. and you know that we only get the 2016 models. Well, this is just like that time we had to use KT66 tubes. <laughs> <laughs> so, all that being said, folks, if you if you have this one thing that you cannot that you're you whether it's a cable or you you use certain batteries in your pedals, like you said. Certain batteries for your fuzz pedals. We'll save that for another day. Um, mention it. Uh, let us know what you've got in there. Let's talk we, about idiosyncrasies. We want to talk about that idiosyncratic thing. Is it certain strings? Is it gauges? Is it is it that you always um, uh, rub your hands on a certain towel? We between won't songs? make fun of you. I promise. But no, it is interesting we, to hear we how will make like fun different... of ourselves that it, that we can do. Yes, it, it's really funny to see like what other players actually think is the super important thing about what they do. So, uh, yes, please reach out to us in the group. But, but... And the other the other thing I want pay, people to ask, I want to ask people to do is what do you have in your gig bag? Uh, that's good. That's you, a good. One. You have an amp one in your gig bag now. Yes. What do you have in your gig bag? Dick. <laughs> <laughs>
He's got I a fell big off the wagon blue very dick early. now. A Re- very Robert big Jackson blue asked- dick. <laughs> Robert Jackson, Jackson asked me in the group. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna write to Thomas and say uh, Thomas and say uh, yeah I got a new All amp right. one. Please tell me what to do now, please. <laughs> yeah. All right. With that, I have been David. I have been Jim. And we have been practical guitarists. Practically. Practical. Right. Practice.